Taylor takes the opportunity, because of course she does, to try to get into Tobias's head. Um, and he recognizes that this is what she's trying to do. Because she's flat out, it's just like, your friends have left you, what if they don't come back? Uh, um, and he, he just like, he doesn't answer. He knows that she's doing this to play with him. And she walks up to him and he just, he can't move. He can't breathe. And she's like reaching out to touch his fur. And she's like, you're a handsome species. You deserve more than your tradition allows. And he, rightly so, backs away. Um, and she's like, your friends don't understand how powerful the Yerks are. Um, but you do because you've seen what we can do. Um, we have no place for your friends in our new society, but I can use you. We could rule together. Um, and Tobias is like, I thought you were doing democracy. And she's like, of course we're doing democracy. But even democracies <laughs> need leaders and laws and someone has to make the laws. Like, um, and He's like, it will never be me, uh, the person who has to make the laws. And she says, you deserve more. Which is just a weird thing for her to say, and also just perfectly insidious. Mm. Um, and then his friends come back. Marco and Jake jump back down. Uh... But they're in wolf morph now because they wanted to be a little smaller, which is fair. Um, yeah, still dangerous, but smaller. Um, Jake goes back to pacing. The new morph allows him eight paces before he has to turn around, better than the five in Tiger. Um, uh, but Jake realizes that Axe is due back by now, um, and Axe is not answering to Jake's thought speak calls. Um, and so everyone is suddenly extremely worried about Axe, and with good reason. Um, they can still hear him digging, uh, and uh, Tobias like goes a little bit into the tunnel and tries to call out to Axe. Oh my god, Cat, what the fuck do you want? I was gonna say, I've been hearing him a while. <laughs> <laughs> He's, I asked Andrew to close the door because he's watching TV and Tobias was inside and yowling. And so Andrew let him out and closed the door again. And now Tobias is outside and yowling because he can't stand for a door to be closed in this house. You just called your cat Tobias twice and I am living. No, I didn't. Fuck off. <laughs> oh, Christ. Uh, I'm gonna have to leave that in the fucking recording now. God damn it. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, anyway. <laughs> uh, Tobias goes into the into the tunnel to try to call for Axe. Axe is too far away to hear him or is fixated. Um, and so Tobias morphs Bat. Um, this is dope as shit. Yeah, it's very smart. Um, 
and uh, takes off down the tunnel to find Axe. Jake and Marco follow him. Um, and eventually they get far enough down that uh, Tobias finds Axe. Axe has dug way further than they expected. Um, and <laughs> Tobias, like, straight up runs into Axe, um, who has stopped digging because he literally cannot anymore. Like, he has dug so much that his body is completely out of energy. So the, the, the mention earlier of a taxon will dig itself into death is what has happened here. And he is so tired that he can't even move. Um, and the tunnel isn't big enough for him to demorph in because it's just not tall enough. Um, and so Tobias has Jake and Marco literally pull Axe out of the tunnel. Um, and then it just calls out to Axe over and over and over, um, begging for him to demorph. And that finally gets Axe to demorph. Um, and this is uh, distressing as all hell. It is. It's like it, the tension here is incredible. Yes. Um, because not only is Axe like five minutes away from being trapped as a taxon, he's five minutes away from being trapped as a literally dying taxon. Um, mm -hmm. And there's also just the panic. And I think the book does a really good job of capturing like Tobias's sheer volume of how terrified he is and the fact it was like of losing axe mm -hmm. as a fair couple of times like people leave and we yep. know how close he and axe are mm -hmm. um but finally he's got he manages to get through to axe who he was and um uh in batmorph tobias can hear the shape of axe changing Mm -hmm. Something larger and more reflective. Um, and they're all just like terrified. They're just like, they're all just like, oh, mm -hmm. Axe is alive. It's fine. Uh, Tobias demorphs and is ready and gets ready to go tax on again. Uh, but hey, then, um, Taylor and Rachel show up. Mm -hmm. Um, Rachel's barely fitting through the tunnel in Grizzly Morph. Um, Taylor the Yerk is proving how fully, uh, she is in control rather than Taylor the Girl because she is covered in taxon goo. <laughs> uh, and Taylor's all like, oh, well, what's going on here? Being, um, and with the light that she's brought with her, they can see this weird sort of chaotic intersection of a bunch of smaller tunnels. Cause normally when a taxon digs, it's not just as wide as they are. Just the force mm -hmm. of their digging makes it bigger than that. And, uh, Axe admits to losing control that he can't remember everything. Um, Jake explains that he ate himself to exhaustion and that they had to drag him out. 
And Taylor kicks off like Andalite incompetent and Rachel's like yelling back at her, roaring while thought speaking back. Like she could just be roaring mentally, but I like the visual of her roaring, roaring mm-hmm, while yelling mm-hmm. and thought speak. Mm-hmm. And Axe is beating himself up and Jake's like, you dug like about 10 times farther than we expected. Okay, you're fine. And Jake, uh, Tobias, take it easy and don't demorph, don't morph or demorph near us. Um, and so I like, didn't need to be reminded. Jake didn't want me eating them. He also didn't want Taylor seeing him morph from Hawk to Taxon. Uh, but he hops into the tunnel, goes Taxon again, um, and just turns his empty belly towards the tunnel, fierce hunger propelling him forwards. Um, and we get this. Uh, I was more aware this time. I felt what was going on around me, what was going in, on inside the Taxon mind. It wasn't simple hunger. It wasn't pure rage. No, what drove the taxon to eat and dig was more complicated. It was something I understood. A sort of insecurity or fear. Yes, a fear. Grossly exaggerated, beyond anything humans experience. A desperate fear of not having enough. A terror of starvation. A horror that your essential needs will go unfulfilled. A horror demented and contorted by the taxon mind until it became a sick, murderous evil. I wouldn't have understood or even noticed if I hadn't been a hawk for so long. I've experienced just enough of that feeling to recognise it. A whole species of terrified overeaters. And then uh, he's like thinking more about Taylor, um, about the Yerk and the girl, and how is anyone all evil? And how insecurity and fear motivates so much of this. Uh, mm-hmm. I sense much fear in you. Fear is the path of the dark side. Oh my god, they have seen Phantom Menace as well. No! <laughs> no! <laughs> fear is the path of the dark side. Um, but then his realization that he understands Taylor and the taxon scares him. Um, more than anything else has. Um, mm-hmm. but he realizes he's starting to slow down, realizes he's taken, uh, lost track of time. Um, at this point, the dirt actually tastes good. Um, mm-hmm. not flesh, but not bad. Um, but then he hits, uh, concrete. Mm hmm. Um, the crest of a dome because he has made it to the yerk pool um, and makes his way follows the top of the curve until it becomes almost flat and chews through the concrete um, and then makes a hole and can see down into the yerk pool a hole four or more feet across and almost as deep and at the bottom the flicker of red light and what a terrifying view to have of the Yerk Pool. Like, the mm-hmm. Yerk Pool's always scary as a concept, but, like, having the, heh, bird's-eye view of the place, like, mm-hmm. that top-down perspective, it's just so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, he can see below him uh, there are many more cages since he'd last seen them. Um, just 
uh, lining the sides of the pool. Uh, they, all of the prisoners are screaming and crying, uh, but there are several of them. He, he specifies a great number weren't crying out. They watched the proceedings with distaste, but they didn't rage with anger. They stood immobile and calm. I'd seen voluntary hosts before. Voluntary hosts enjoyed the show. These weren't voluntary. Who were they? What had happened to these hosts? It was like they'd passed a point beyond the point of carry. Like they were zombies or something. But that was impossible. Everyone fights for freedom to the bitter, to the bitter end. Everyone has to. These hosts had an air about them. They stared off into the vast space with a look of pride, conviction. They looked almost as if they had a purpose. Uh, he wonders if maybe they're from the peace faction, but there are so many of them here. And they're here now, and that's bad. Um, but uh, no time to dwell on that, because Taylor's here. Um, how did she crawl down the whole tunnel alone? Um, how did she get away from the others? Who knows? Uh, we I mean, we learn in fair, a moment. We do. Yeah, I was going to say. For once, we are actually given the information. <laughs> yes. Um, he is very ready to eat her uh, and is suddenly paralyzed um, because she just gasses him. Uh, and we learn that that is how she must have gotten away from the others, is she gassed them as well. And she's like, don't be dumb, get control of your morph. Uh, Tobias figures out how to activate the hibernation state, which doesn't work how you think it would. It's not a hibernation state in that, you know, the taxon goes uh, uh, dormant. It's a hibernation state in that the taxon imagines hibernation of just thousands of taxons huddling together for warmth in a big pile and hibernating together and the thought of so much available food calms the taxon down which is so much I just it's so nice and then it's not nice but also yeah. Hi, welcome to Taxon Defense Squad. Um, mm -hmm. We've got a club president now. We have number one taxon stand. We're good. Come, we're good people. Mm -hmm. Um, but also, I suppose a charitable way of doing of saying it, just like that knowledge that there could be food, but mm -hmm. worst case scenario, mm -hmm. they're there, and there is just, I find it very narratively satisfying that what we see time and time again is that it is the community and being surrounded by loved ones and the peace that comes that with that and this has been true of andalites we've seen it of yurks and now we've seen it of taxons and we know it of people of human people and that's like something really wonderful to me about mm -hmm. just like the peace of being with your kin and being mm -hmm. safe yeah. is so much and very good. And, you know, it's also, if this is something that is buried in the taxon consciousness of this uh, communal hibernation, 
there was a time when it wasn't dangerous to do that. Mm-hmm. And that's encoded deep in the taxon. Um, and now it's become this twisted vision of, like, not, not safety in numbers and, you know, protecting each other from the cold, but in endless food. But, like, that image wouldn't exist mm. if it was always associated with endless food because it would yeah. be too dangerous to do it. Mm. Um. Uh. But yeah, t t uh, Taylor is here to taunt Tobias. Um, he's like, how did you get here? The others wouldn't let you walk away. And she's like, you don't think they trust me? I'm hurt. Um. And she's just like, I temporarily incapacitated them. I needed to talk to you. Um, and basically she's here to be like, look, it's just me. You don't need to be worried. You remember me. Uh, look, we're so organized. We Yerks are so organized. We run with precision. Uh, we're invincible. When I take command, it will be great. Um... <laughs> What are you talking about, take command? You mean when you introduce democracy? Yes, of course, that's what I mean. Uh, I want you to join me. Be my host. Uh, what do you get as an underling with the Andalite bandits? You're obviously not a leader. You're not even second in command. You're a nobody. But Tobias isn't even really listening to her anymore because he has seen through the hole into the yerk pool to the spot uh, where he had perched as the seconds counted down to him being stuck as a hawk. And he's flashing back again, trying to remember how carefully he had weighed his options. Since then, I'd been telling myself there was no choice, that if I'd demorph, the viscer would have been on me in a flash. He would have known that we were human. He would have found my friends. But there is always a choice in any and every situation. It's usually the choice between bad and worse, but it's still a choice. Uh, and he asks Taylor, uh, can I have freedom? It's a kind of freedom. Can I be happy? It's a kind of happiness. I looked back at the rock base, my Nothlet birthplace. I'd made a decision. Had I made a bad decision? I didn't know. And suddenly I realized that I would never know. I know that I stuck with my choice and that I had followed it through to the very end. I looked at Taylor. For the first time, her physical beauty was difficult to see. Her hair and face were covered in dirt. Her expression was the twisted, power-hungry look of a dictator. The only thing that could have made her beautiful now was her inside. And there certainly wasn't anything beautiful there. I'm stronger than that, I said slowly. You're only out for power and control. That's it. And when you get it, if you get it, you'll only want more. I think that power as your only goal is pointless. You don't really believe that, she mocked. Don't I? I said. If I didn't, why would I find you so gross? How would I see that you're weak? All you're about is envy and power. She looked at me, then at the pool, then back down the tunnel. And it will be my pleasure, she rasped, to prove you right. And she punches him in the throat 
and books it back down the tunnel. <laughs> I will say, uh, that's a badass move. I, it is. I do... I'm gonna give full credit. Uh, I love a good villain, and this is fucking slick. Just like, okay, yeah, you kind of have seen through me. Slick, punch with the throat and run away. <laughs> yep. And he chases after her. He summons the hunger in order to give himself strength and speed. And that makes a U-turn because he wants his mouth to be ready to eat her. Um, and he <laughs> he powers back down through the tunnel. She has a small head start, um, but he's catching up to her. Uh, the others are paralyzed. They can't catch her as she blasts past them. Um, they're, they're in the, uh, like, midway chamber that Axe had made previously. Um, and, uh, they're still paralyzed. They can't break out of it yet. Uh, and Tobias just kind of, like, keeps going after Taylor. Um, Taylor is running for the pipeline. Um, he clamps down on one of her feet, but isn't enough, it isn't enough to, uh, tear her foot off. Um, she, like, punches him in the face, uh, and tries to paralyze him again. He kind of body slams her arm to knock it out of the way. Um, but she's able to get up and get to the pipeline. Um, and, you know, she's like, stop right there. If you come an inch closer, I'll blow a hole through the steel. Uh, and so he freezes. And he's like, you said that once the tunnel was dug, we'd have 20 minutes to get away. You believed me? I did and I do. I lied. You can't blow a hole in that pipe because you know. You know that if we die in this explosion, you die too. Her lips twisted into the now familiar fiendish smile, pure yerk and proud of it. Wrong, Andalite. You forgot that I am not bound to this body. I am the yerk inside, and a skull entirely replaced bone by bone by heat-proof, blast-proof polymer protects me. This body will burn, but I will survive. Uh, Rachel is bringing up the rear, um, dragging still partially paralyzed bodies out of the tunnel, um, and Taylor just uh, busts through the pipe. Um, mm -hmm. And gas rushes out of this new hole in the pipe, floods the chamber and sends all of them tumbling through the air and into the tunnel. Taylor is ahead of Tobias. Tobias is ahead of the rest of the others um, as they fly down this tunnel, uh, totally at the mercy of the air pressure. Um, they're shoved down the tunnel, hitting the side, slipping on slime, unable to breathe, absolutely powerless. Uh, they can't really do anything. Um, Jake says to bite into each other, grab onto each other so they don't get separated. They kind of end up in some kind of ball of meat. <laughs> yeah, very, like, very catamari dancey of them. <laughs> yes. Marco hits Tobias. Jake hits Marco. Rachel plows into Jake. Axe goes into Jake. 
Um, they're all kind of smushed together, and Tobias is at the head of it all. His legs are scraping the sides. He stretches them out as far as they can go to try to slow them down. None of the others can breathe. Um, and the momentum is just snapping off the taxon's legs as he tries to dig in. But he has to keep trying. He has a hundred legs and the tunnel is narrowing. Um, and so he continues to dig in and lose legs and eventually, slowly, for some unknown reason, the force of the gas lessens. Um, right at the moment when it feels like Tobias is going to explode, uh, the air pressure stops entirely. Um, and they're, they're all kind of just like four inches from the drop into the yerk pool. And, uh, <clears throat> none of the others can move or do anything because they can't get air. Uh, the taxon body doesn't seem to be uh, as affected by the natural gas as the others are. And so Tobias literally pushes all of his friends through the taxon slime up all the way through the tunnel. Plows into them like, and push them along. Like the worst uh, reverse log flume ever. Yes. Like, what a slide. Just, and this is a grizzly bear and two wolves and an andalite. Yes. These are not small. Yeah. And Tobias is starving. <laughs> there they were, four weak, dying animals, mine for the feasting, their smells, their warmth. It was the hardest thing I've ever done. They're not food, I chanted. They're not food. The legs I had left were on fire. My hunger was alive. I slid my friends along the tunnel with my big taxon head. They're not food, I screamed. After far too long, the dirt gave way to concrete. It was the sewer chamber. We'd made it. Everyone demorphs. Uh, and gets the fuck out of Dodge. Um, and marvels at the fact that the gas is off. How is the gas off? Um, there's only one place the gas could have been turned off, and that's the pumping station. Uh, and as they get back above ground, there's a whole bunch of flashing lights, uh, and first responders surrounding the pumping station. Uh, oh no wait, the, the side, the first responders aren't there yet. It's just the pumping station itself has uh, like a flashing light on it. Um, and <laughs> they go over to it. Everyone morphs, battle morphs, Tobias morphs, uh, after a moment, morphs Andalite. Um, somebody charged the pumping station. The pumping station was filled with, uh, Taylor's people who were supposedly going to control the gas flow so they didn't literally collapse the entire yerk pool. Um, but somebody has broken into this pumping station and gone to fucking town on all of the human controllers 
inside this pumping station. Um, at least six people, uh, all sprawled every which way, barely alive, possibly actively dying. Um, none are conscious, and all of their yurks have bailed, which speaks to the fact that the human hosts are probably dying. Um, and <laughs> Jake and Marco is like, who could have done this and why? And Rachel's like, maybe it was Taylor. No, that doesn't make any sense. This was her plan and she needed these people. Was it Visser 3? And Tobias has a gut feeling. He moves forward, stepping carefully over the bodies uh, with his four legs. I heard a police siren wail in the distance and I knew. I knew they were coming here. Maybe real cops, maybe controller cops. It didn't matter. No time either way. We had to get out. But I kept going. I kept going because before the siren wailed, I'd heard a noise. A sound of life further on in the building. Tobias, we've got to get out of here. We're not going to figure this out, Rachel said. At least not now. I didn't turn back. I moved into the guts of the building where compressors and pumps that wumped that once hummed smoothly, sat silent and immobile. I followed the sound. There was a door to what looked like a little office. I peered in, and then I saw her, sitting with her elbows on a table, her head in her hands. Cassie, crying. She had turned off the gas and saved our lives. She had done this. Cassie, it's me. She didn't look up. She didn't move. Cassie. With delicate andalite arms, I tried to lift her from the chair. She stood but was limp in my arms. Come on, Cassie. We have to get out of here. It's okay. Everything's okay. Her sobs stopped. Halting half-gasps took their place. She turned in my arms, turned so that she stood and faced me. Her eyes, red and wet, stared up at mine. Salt streaks dried on her face. No, she said. It will never be okay. And we cut to the next day, and Rachel and Tobias have gone flying, because that's what you do. Um, and they head out to the beach to a cove that you practically have to be a bird to get to, um, and they, uh, they they land, demorph, kind of enjoying the sun. Um, Tobias is stuck in his head, thinking about everything that's happened. Um, unsure whether Taylor is dead or not. Um, her image remains, but her voice is gone. Maybe just for now, maybe forever. Too soon to tell. Um, Tobias goes human. And... Basically, it's revealed that this all was a ploy by Visser 3. Um, that Cassie found out because she contacted Tidwell, because Jake said she could. Um, that, you know, Cassie talked to the Yurk Peace Faction while the others were digging the tunnel. And they found out that all of the Yurk Peace Movement Yurks try to feed at the same time. 
They show up at the York Pool together so they can exchange information to make plans. Uh, and they'd recently reorganized their feeding schedule to uh, predominate on Saturday afternoon. So those hosts that Tobias saw in the Yerk pool were the peace movement hosts. Um, somehow Visser 3 had found out that this is when the peace movement Yerks fed and he was basically going to kill off all of his opposition in one day. The Andalite bandits, the Yerk peace faction, two groups, one plan. Uh, and he could pin the whole thing on the peace faction anyway, because the Andalites were involved. Um, and, uh, all of that potential success would be totally worth <laughs> engineering massive loss of your life. Um, small price to pay. Um, uh, Taylor was working with Visser 3 all along. She pretended to be against him to get us to cooperate. And Tobias blames himself. He's like, after all the clues, all the gut feelings, I don't believe I didn't see more clearly. I should have looked at the bigger picture. Hey, no matter what you think, Tobias, Taylor's not your responsibility. Besides, how often is it possible to see the big picture really, Rachel said. Things happen fast. You just have to make the best decision you can and then go for it. You know what? I'd do the same thing again if I had to. Uh, how can you say that? With me, it's about instinct. We had to dig the tunnel because if we hadn't gotten involved with Taylor, Cassie wouldn't have known about the plan, wouldn't have talked to Tidwell, wouldn't have worried about us, uh, and we were able to save the Earth faction. Basically implying that if they didn't get involved, the plan would have gone ahead anyway, and they would have mm. destroyed the Peace Faction Yerks. And Joyce is like, Cassie battled a bunch of humans alone. You're saying that's a good thing? Of course not, Rachel said emphatically, but it was the lesser of two evils. I sat down on a rock slab. The waves crashed. The wind whipped. Rachel sat down next to me. Maybe I was weak, but at least I was free. My choices were my own, no matter what. Was it over for Taylor? Did she blow through the hole in the York Pool Dome? Lodge in a crevice of the tunnel till the gas pressure died? Catch a crag of rock and hang on? Did she live? Would Taylor the girl ever live again? Would I ever stop caring? You never really know how some things will turn out, I said. A twig blew across the surface of a rock, swept along by the wind. I reached out to catch it. Rachel moved to stop it, too. Our hands collided gently. I took her hand. The twig blew past us and fell into a crack. Yeah, she answered, smiling. There's no real point in worrying about what you might have done. The past is the past, Tobias. Let it go. And that's the end of the book. Mm-hmm. Good book. <laughs> it's a good book. You need a sec? Oh, I could I could move to our discussion point while you yeah. gather your emotions. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> um, so Shark had a couple of points for us. Uh, as we said earlier, uh, in the first chapter of the book, there's this indication that Tobias could be an unreliable narrator if he wanted. I don't think about it anymore. That's a lie. Uh, 
Are there any other moments of Tobias's narration we think are maybe suspect or cagey? Uh, he highlighted one instance. Um, a real hawk would never drop into such a tight space. I could feel the raptor's anxiety. Uh, really sounds like projection to me. Tobias has clearly developed his own issues with claustrophobia. Um, and so let's, let's do that first. Uh, as a point, do we feel like, I know, I know we talked about this quite a lot already, just how mm-hmm. much, I don't know if it qualifies as a true unreliable narrator because mm-hmm. he knows he's unreliable. Yeah. I think there are instances of it, but because we get both the truth of the matter and his second guessing of it, it feels more mm-hmm. like the text yeah. isn't trying to mislead us and neither is Tobias. Because yeah. he admits when it's a lie. Mm-hmm. It's I think I think the most of it happens when he's dealing with Taylor, because there's a mm-hmm. lot of him trying to tell himself that it doesn't affect him when it really, really does. Yeah. Um, but it's... I th- I, yeah, I think it's just because we're in his perspective. It feel, it has that quality of the unreliable narrator. Mm-hmm. Whereas if we were on the outside, looking at just like somebody just trying to convince themselves of, a, of yeah. a truth. Yeah. Or to try and get through something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And because uh, it's always fun to end on an upsetting note, and I'm aware that we need to get wrapped pretty quick because Danielle has other recording responsibilities today. Um, does Rachel's last line hit different for us, given the context of chapter 17, uh, where she knows the logic both she and Tobias need to hear and makes that argument until she snaps? Mm-hmm. It's... doesn't necessarily hit different because it's very much a this is the only way Rachel can function. Mm. Um, you know, and it's it, it's very much whenever Rachel and Tobias kind of talk to each other like this, it's again that sort of thing. It's like, well, you need to know that you couldn't have done anything different, but I definitely could have done things different, but they both think that about the other. Mm-hmm. So it it's comes like, back to that point we were making earlier. It's just like accepting things in other people that we can't accept mm-hmm, in ourselves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's just oh. it's very illustrative of the the way these two love each other. Yes, um, they need each other very much because. They can open up to each other, and the other person gives them the permission, as it were, to mm-hmm. move forward. Yeah, like, would Rachel admit to anybody else she would do it again? Right. Probably not. Because she certainly mm-hmm. can't talk to Cassie about this kind of thing. No. Um. But, like... It's almost like she's giving permission to Tobias as well mm-hmm, in this mm-hmm. moment. Like, yeah. it's, hey, you don't let it go. 
Yeah. I, I know it's always going to be there for you, but we ca- I'm here and you don't have to look back at that because we mm. don't have to make that choice again. We don't have to do it again. Yes, I know I had a bit of a meltdown in the tunnels, but <laughs> it's done. Mm-hmm. And everything that happened, happened, and we are where we are. We just we have to keep moving forward. And it's like that tacit acceptance of each other and each other's mistakes and choices. And it's just like, no, when is a monster not a monster? When you love it, you know? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. It's loving monsters hours. Uh, it's always <laughs> monsters loving hours. But the fact that it ends with the two of them talking about the shitty things they've done and been through and taking each other's hands anyway. Mm hmm. It's that, yeah, I know what you are, and I love you. Not in spite of it, but it's a part of it. And, like, Rachel's understanding that Tobias went through a shitty thing that traumatized him, and that doesn't make him lesser. Mm Mm-hmm. Because he survived. And to be fair, not to say that if he hadn't, it wouldn't matter, but my point is, like, you're not weaker for having gone through that. Mm Mm-hmm. Her picking on you and, like, tormenting you... It's not your fault. Yeah. You know, dear listeners, I think I can see why Danielle imprinted on Rachel Tobias <laughs> as a parent. You know? I don't feel like I can judge. I'll pretend <laughs> to judge for the sake of a bit. Well, I'm not actually judged. Not that I ever was. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's it's extremely good is the thing. <laughs> Just look it up. I need to listen to Loom. You really ex- do. <laughs> <laughs> you will be able to roast me so hard. That does happen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's do some rankings because I want let's you to have a break before you start recording again. Um, yeah. Plot. Very high. Yeah, same. I'd, I'd, I'm reluctant to give anything a 10 unless I'm like mm-hmm. hooting and hollering about it. Yeah. Um, so, but I'd, I'd give you a high 8 slash 9. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Uh, oh. Characterization. This I will give a 10. Yes. There is nobody I have critique of. No choices I didn't understand. Nothing. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. great. Yeah, Alan Giroux, I will shake your hand. <laughs> uh, enjoyability slash satisfaction, 10. Yeah, it's right up there. It's a great book. Uh, it's a very good book. If um, if the uh, content warnings are not a problem for you, I and I know this is our final Essential Animals reading, do read this book. Like, Although we read chunks of it out, there's a lot of details that we didn't. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of good stuff in here uh, yeah. that's absolutely worth reading if the content is something that you can deal with. Yeah. None of it feels wasteful. No. Which can't be said for a lot of Animorphs books. Mm-hmm. Um, um, let's leave our number one ending question till last, because we just sort of did essential Animorphs reading. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, it is. Yes. To so the overarching plot, maybe not, but like, it's the development of the Yerk threat, what that looks like. 
I can't help but feel like this has got some bigger implications for the characters down the road. Yeah. yeah. This this book sets up everybody's character for the beginning of the end. Um, Terrifying. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> 45 is is things start coming and they don't stop coming. <laughs> Uh, we need to do 40 we need to at least do 44 before the end of the year and yes. then january it'll be 45 and then we'll just like <laughs> <laughs> yes 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 um, um this book went so hard yeah um and i will give them the credit of a well executed not full twist but the reveal mm -hmm. that actually taylor was working with Vissa through the whole time yeah was very good Mm -hmm. Like a well done plot beat. Yeah. So I didn't see it. I mean, I knew she was cagey as hell, but the reveal that, because I fully expected her to try to kill the Animorphs. Mm -hmm. Like for mm -hmm. sure. But the reveal, like, oh no, actually, me and my, me and my good buddy V3. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anything catch you uh, by surprise on the reread? I feel like this is a book you've probably read a few times. I haven't read this one very much, actually. Um, especially oh, not compared to 33. Uh, uh -huh. A lot of the later books I mostly like read once. So we're getting mm -hmm. into the point where like, I haven't read... M like Some of these books I skimmed. Some mm. of the books I've only read once. Um... So we're we're getting to the point where I ne haven't necessarily reread a whole lot of them, and mm. I think this is one of the ones where, because toward the end I started getting them like out of order, mm. um, yeah, and I think this is one that I missed and had to go back to, mm. but it's it I definitely appreciate it more now than I did then, and I'm not mm -hmm. sure if that's just because I'm paying closer attention and. It's in stark relief to all of the less good Animorphs books we've been having that the characterization, real, characterization really pops. Mm. Um, but it's it's really very good um, and was very effective. I feel like, mm. um, yeah. Uh, there weren't any parts that didn't make sense, uh, or didn't understand. As I think I said near the top, this is a very well written book. It mm -hmm. pacing's great. Uh, no weird plot elements aside from maybe Taylor being able to show up, but also she has the ability to paralyze and the visual of Taylor using the tunnel down coated with goo like a slip and slide. <laughs> kind of hilarious. <laughs> yeah so but that isn't like a plot hole or not making sense more of a it's not even a full contrivance either mm -hmm, which mm -hmm. you do run into it's just sort of like okay i'll i only have to suspend my disbelief a smidgen mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i can live with that yeah uh All right. so what was your favorite part <sighs> um The ending was perfect. That little bit with Rachel and Tobias was incredible. 
Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of like the plot and everything, the discussion at the mall, mm-hmm. excellent. Like that mm-hmm. whole scene was so good. For sheer triumph, though, I might, I do have to give a shout out to Tobias as Taylor confronting Taylor, just as a yeah. crowning moment of awesome. Mm-hmm. Very good. Yeah. How about you? Uh, I really like the the moment when Tobias morphs tax on the second time, mm-hmm. and he just like comes to fully understand the enormity of just this hunger that is encoded into the very DNA yeah, of these creatures. Yeah, it is real good. Um, and uh, I really enjoyed the bit between Tobias and Rachel where Rachel kind of loses it a little bit. Mm. Um because she's trying so hard to like justify what they're doing and he's Mm -hmm. just like no but like what if what if we can't justify this Mm -hmm. um and then they have to switch places right where she she kind of blows up and he's like no they're yurks it they're yurks we gotta we gotta kill them Mm. um is is very good Oh. Uh, loving me is rotten work. Not to me, not if it's you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Alright, this was book 43. Yo. Yep. It's a lot. In the good way. Check it out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, my co-host has been Danielle. They're incredible and they have to go record another podcast and I want them to have a break. So I'm going to very quickly say you can find them on the internet at Red Talk 90 including the games they write on itch.io. In 2023, do look out for Idiot Teenagers with a Death Wish 2.0. I've seen Hell some yeah. of the art that's in progress. This game fucking slaps. Treat yourself. Um, it'll be free mm-hmm. because of Scholastic. So, <laughs> you know... Uh, and check out their home podcast of The Room Where It Happened, uh, Elder County, Tennessee, where they play Urban Shadows, uh, second edition. Uh, if you want your urban fantasy with an Appalachian twist, uh, great characterization and a incredible group running the faction game uh, with Brian, the GM. Check it out. You will not be disappointed. And my co-host has been Jade. They are phenomenal, and you should follow them wherever they are on the internet at Jade Oxford Rose. Uh, you should also check out their home podcast, Follow the Leader, which is currently between seasons now that the movie has dropped of their six arcs and a movie. Absolutely. Still a couple parts to go, I think. Oh, are there? Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely go parts. listen to that. It's some of the best work that FTL has ever done. And that's saying something because FTL always does amazing work. Um... And soon they'll be doing a, or releasing a Pathfinder game, wherein Jade is playing the cutest fucking goblin I've ever seen. Uh, and stuff is definitely gonna get wild there, because uh, Zach is GMing, and everyone involved <laughs> is great at character work. Um, so you should definitely check that out when it comes out. Alright. All right. Next time is book 44, which is 
not great. Because um, <laughs> it's a Cassie book and we can't have a good Cassie book leading up to the end. Oh no, um, why is it a kangaroo? Oh no! <laughs> I'm playing it again. Nope, I don't want to know. Yeah, it's uh, it's not great. Um, but uh, we'll catch you next time, y'all. Uh, Stay safe, hey. friends. Yeah, we should do a clap. And I close. We should do a clap. There we go. On the minute. On the minute. <laughs>